Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway, except Thursday this week. It's Thanksgiving Day. We're taking that day off. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural, urban, food producers, food consumers, anybody who wants to come to the coffee table and have a discussion. The longest standing tradition on this broadcast, Roll Route, is the day before Thanksgiving. I don't care how much whining J.C. Cole does. He's not going to get the slot Melissa Hart has had since that fateful trip to Chicago the first time. Wow, that makes me feel really good that I bumped J.C. Cole out of it because I know he's pretty important right now. <laughs> All the advice that he has to give and all the oh. history and the background that he's got, that, man. Trust me. He Sorry, J.C. He was, you know, in <laughs> fact, I had to sweeten the pot for him to get him to stop crying over getting bumped off of today. You know what I had to do? Mm -mm. I had to wrangle Amanda Radke to join J.C. Cole and me on Friday this week. So I had to, I had to pay him off with Amanda Radke as a conversation. So tune in Friday for Amanda Radke, Trent Lewis, and J.C. Cole. And you want to come I along, understand too? <laughs> I understand. No, I understand that. I'll be shopping. I understand that. I totally get bribing him with Amanda because she's got great insight. And she's in a great, great spot. So, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to listen to what she's got to say? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I had that little hiatus earlier in the year. And Amanda sat in for me most days. And Amanda and JC hit it off really well. So it was kind of like a back to school reunion for those two this week, Friday. Oh, Are you really going to be a Black Friday shopper? Why would you do that? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I tell you, there's a horse show up at Michigan State at the Pavilion, and uh -huh. they're having that cowboy Christmas thing oh, like they do at National Finals Rodeo. makes sense to me. Yeah, so my daughter and I are going to go, we're going to stop in there and cruise through and see if there's something that we can't leave without. And then we'll go to my mom's and help her decorate for Christmas. So that's kind of our Friday tradition is going to my mom's, pulling out all the Christmas decorations, putting them all up and doing all the good stuff. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, no, I'm not a Black Friday shopper. I've never been a Black Friday shopper. Me either. That's just... I, I, I don't. Maybe I, I went like at six o'clock in the evening because I had to get something. But other than that, no, I'm uh, just never done it. I've always thought it would be fun, um, but it's not any fun anymore because we're not busting down the doors. Nobody's getting trampled. <laughs> it's no fun. I mean, all the Black Friday deals are out right now. What fun is that? And everybody orders online. So well, that's no fun either. I but got, no, I got, got news for you. Black Friday might have started a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so even in central Nebraska this week, we have uh, retail outlets starting to talk about limiting egg purchases. And I'm told there are stores with no eggs on the shelf. What's going on in Michigan? Uh, I'm finding eggs, all kinds of eggs. I'm finding eggs bundled in two packages of 18 you know, like a dozen and a half and two packages I'm bundled together. I'm finding all kinds of eggs, not in my chicken coop though. Cause my pullets haven't started to lay. I got them about a week ago mm -hmm. and I thought this is going to be perfect. They'll be laying in time for Thanksgiving. No, actually Christmas. That's a hoping they would be yeah. <laughs> hoping that, yeah. Hoping they would be laying by now. They're not. And so, yeah, I've had to buy some eggs. So that's why I know there's so many eggs out there. Otherwise and, I would never know. And so. what do they cost? 
Uh, $9.37 for three dozen. So three, so three bucks three a dozen. Dollars. Yeah, three dollars a dozen, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> if you think about it, you know, you used to be able to get not that not very long ago, I could get it, you know, on a deal, 37 cents a dozen. Yeah. You know, so and most people that have flocks, backyard flocks, they're they're selling theirs for like they were. I don't know. I haven't bought any from them in a long time. Two or three dollars a dozen. Um, but that's fresh farm brown colored you know you're buying the whole package so have you seen a great increase in the number of people that have a backyard flock yes crazy Mm -hmm. i I think during covid in fact i talked to a veterinarian in ohio yeah earlier this fall she's a large animal vet she's got a small animal vet practice too there's a couple of vets there i was asking her about uh you know how the practice was going and she had just lost a vet a young vet just died mysteriously and um, heart issues. And so she had to hire a new person. And she said, I I need to hire one more. I'm having a hard time finding vets. And I said, really, why, why do you need more? She goes, after COVID, everybody got pets or during COVID, everybody got pets or backyard, whatever. And she said, now it's like exploding. All these people with these pets need vet services. And so I hadn't even thought about that. So yes, in that respect, but yes, even before that, like in our town, you can have, you can have chickens in our little town, you know, in their backyard. Sure. So there's a, there's a lot of those small towns that you can do that too. So that people can have flocks and they want them and they like them. And, you know, the local farm stores have got all the chicks all the time. It used to be, you could only get them in the spring. Now you can get them all the time. I mean, Hence they the spring chicken. Chicks. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, so, now we got uh, a long time. Yeah. I want to go back to something you you grazed over because it's a place that I've been only because I hang with uh, dog breeders more than you do. But the explosion and the number of people who purchased dogs during from March of 2020 until today is incredible, and there's cautious optimism about that because there's a significant number of people that know these people bought dogs based upon impulses or uh, loneliness or boredom or whatever the case may be and what's going to happen to the dog when that wears off but you know it's been coming on three years melissa so if it hasn't worn off now i don't think it's going to i don't think it will either and owning a dog for some people is so much more fun now because you can accessorize them Mm -hmm. so let's be real a lot of people like to, you know, they've been doing this. It's been coming. <laughs> I I never thought I'd see this, but, you know, not only can you take your dogs into the farm stores now and it's fine, which is fine with me. I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't care if you bring your dog into the farm store, but I saw one lady, she, you know, like you have those little pouches on front for a baby. She mm-hmm. had her dog. I know. She had her, and it was on its back. So it's like, it's legs are like, <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. See, I- uh, this is not a good thing. In my for, opinion. In that yeah. in that respect, yeah. this is not a good thing. In fact, for years, I did a segment on radio called From the Doghouse. And I said, I'm greatly concerned that when 84% of the pet owners in this nation consider their pet to be their kid, it's dangerous for the future of the human race. And I think we're there now. When you treat the dog, you just take Halloween, for example. Think about front page stories in small town papers. There's more 
dogs in a Halloween costume on the front page than there are kids. And absolutely. And that's not to benefit the dog. The dog just like, what are you doing to me? I don't want to do this. I want to go lay over there and chew on a bone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and so the, I've always got to look on the bright side. The bright side of that is capitalism. <clears throat> Somebody's making money off of that, okay. you know? And so, well, I, and that's, you know, and that's America, you know, we, if we can sell it, people, you know, people will buy it, we'll sell it. And so I, I think that's not so bad, but it's, it's, it is ridiculous what it is doing. You're exactly right. The devaluing of our children is off the charts and it's only going to get worse. So because you're in the dairy world, you're very in tune with what's going on in the demonization of cows. But I'm starting to see a trickling of people talking about how pets contribute to climate change. It's going to be really interesting to see this play out. Because when you love your pet like it's a member of the family and somebody tells you that that's causing climate change, something's going to happen. I wonder what that's going to be. Are they finally going to push back? Do I you hope think? so. I've been been I, ready. Yeah. Well, we won't push back for our children. No, but we'll push back for Fido. Oh, wait, we don't name oh. him Fido anymore. We call him William Winston the, the Third. Oh yeah. <laughs> Joe Don. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 So I do wonder that. You know, I do. Are mm -hmm. pets going to be elevated to where? Are we going to? Are we going to? to save those pets i mean or, or are we going to say okay yeah that's true we need to save the planet so i guess you know well it's all hogwash <laughs> oh absolutely i totally right. agree with you yeah. but um, but Roll i do out. wonder melissa hart never said i totally agree with you before so i'm going to take a break and savor that moment we'll be back with more after this Let's talk about beef right off. I mean, everybody's talking about turkey this week. So let's talk about certified Piedmontese. Get more information about the producers behind the scenes at certifiedpiedmontese.com. See, it's a system put together by a family in Nebraska created the David Lone Creek Cattle Company system that rewards producers for the high-quality products that are produced when it comes to tender beef. It's tender because of the Piedmontese bulls. I worked our calves again yesterday. I moved them around, got them set up, got the cows out of here. The disposition on these Piedmontese calves is extraordinary. And that's yeah, one reason meat quality is yeah. that good. Yeah. Certified Piedmontese.com. And that was back in the day when I would get to Michigan like three, four times a year. I haven't been to Michigan for four years. Or more. <laughs> well, I don't get invited. I only go where I'm invited. <laughs> oh, okay. I understand. I, but, I understand. And, me too. Unless it's the Mexican border. I wasn't invited there. I just went. No. I'm so fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else you want to talk about with that that you haven't Absolutely. already said? Uh, there's or so much more that I haven't said. Okay, so my first question is, if was it what you thought it was going to be? Did you have a preconceived idea in your mind of what you were going to see? Yes. And was it that? Yes. I'm. I'm a little bit jaded in that respect though because i have friends that ranch and and i've been to the border before i slept in 2009 may of 2009 
at Dan Bell's place in Nogales, Arizona. I slept in his house seven miles from the border where the dogs barked all night, knowing that those dogs were barking at people walking by. And in 2009, mm -hmm. it was so bad, Dan Bell had a line shack that's even closer to the border than where his house that I slept in was. And uh, he stopped locking the door and started stocking it with food because he got tired of fixing the door every day. So, <laughs> but here's the thing, Melissa, you take what it was in 2009, just, just for, just as a recap, I learned in Eagle Pass just a short month ago that 2021 was the high water mark for legal immigration into the United States, whatever this administration considers legal to be. In 2022, illegal immigration, and it's not even immigration, illegal migration into the United States is four times higher than the highest legal immigration. That's how bad it is. It's hard to fathom unless you've seen it, unless you go and see it yourself. I don't think we can fathom that. No. The other, and I, the other thing is they, they all look fresh as a daisy. Don't they? I mean, did they? Okay, that that's the next question. What did they look like? Were they in fresh clothes? So did, what, did they look worn out? Were they wearing flip flops? Who who walks that many miles in flip flops? Okay, first of all, they're organized to get to the border on the Mexico side. It's not just random. Hey, I think we're going to head to Texas or Arizona or New Mexico. Clearly, <laughs> they come. For example, seven days before I was there, there were sixteen hundred people at Del Rio from Argentina. 1,600 people don't just show up. They don't walk from Argentina to, to Mexico to come into the Texas and Del Rio. There, there's some No, non but we're told that. But that's what we're yeah, told. We're led to happening. believe. They're yeah. organized, and there's something happening where these people show up. And uh, the other concerning thing to the Texas National Guard, who I spent time with, is that the acceleration of individuals from China, Russia, and Iran is significant in the last six months mm -hmm. what they what they do what i personally saw happening was first of all i did a, a tv show which you can watch but you don't watch tv so never mind you can watch it on your phone but you don't even do that so <clears throat> i did a 12 minute <laughs> video piece in front of the rio grande river and pedros negros behind me mexico and there are 12 young men standing up on what it, what you would consider to be a balcony. They're standing there like they're just watching what's going on on the day. Well, I was told those are the lookouts for the drug cartels just keeping track of what's going on. And when I got done doing my little video, Melissa, they're like 150 yards from me, right? Just across the river. The river's not that wide. I just waved at them. You know, they kind of all did this. And then I go over where there's, there's a spot where... The car, the coyotes every day bring a group of typically, they said there's eight to nine in a group. Eight to nine cross the Rio Grande River in the same spot every day. And they're carrying a garbage bag with dry clothes. And for whatever reason, every, every place I step, there's a toothbrush. I'm stepping on a toothbrush. I don't know what they use that toothbrush for. I don't think they're brushing their teeth. I don't know. But I have pictures of all these clothes where they come across the Rio Grande. They just strip down naked as a group. They get their dry clothes out of the garbage bag. They put them on and they try to get away. There is one woman they told me they have caught 12 times this year. Unbelievable. That, we, that is just unbelievable. If we catch them, Melissa, we just put them on a bus 
haul them back over there and say, better luck next time. Oh, I didn't even know we were doing that much. Well, yeah, we are. I, I thought they got on a bus and just came north. Those someplace. are the, those are the, what we call legal immigrants. And if they cross legally, which is just show up, unless you're a young male from certain countries, you just show up. We do a three-day processing. They're bused from the, the border to the processing unit. I was at the processing unit. Once they clear that, they're given like a, I think it was a 90-day visa, so to speak. It's not really a visa, but a 90-day pass. And then they're to come back and, and be present for their hearing to see if they can stay. But they're put on, they're given a plane ticket, a bus ride, whatever transportation they want, a cell phone and a debit card. Those are the people that come legally. The illegals, we just haul them back and tell them good luck, better to come back the next time. Unbelievable. And so what were the what was the National Guard like? What were they what are they thinking? National, What's their National Guard are frustrated. And I, I hope that's changed because since I was there, Governor mm -hmm. Abbott actually issued an invasion for the state of Nebraska. But the National Guard is basically patrolling the border but can't do anything at the border because the border is federal jurisdiction until mm -hmm. this invo this invocation of the inv invasive clause. And the border patrol <clears throat> is severely understaffed. So mm -hmm. Texas National Guard. So when I was there, Texas National Guard had this couple that had just come across. And in the 45 minutes I was standing there with them, they had called the border patrol to come and get this couple and 45 minutes later, they called them again and they said, you know, we still got a couple down here. The day before, they had 160. But they just go to the same spot. They come to the same spot every day. <laughs> and dead and dead bodies wash up every day. Really? So what I learned today, and we had it as an issue on, on Across the Pond, is that uh, Jay Truett yesterday, after the sh uh, Royal Ross show, forwarded me Texas crime data. We now know, dating back to 2011, that 65% of the crimes committed in Texas alone are by illegals and growing. And we're not, we haven't even touched on the trafficking, the drugs. No. That's, yeah. So that's what it's all about. Well, of course. Because there's a judge in Goliad County, Judge Michael Bennett. He was just reelected after retirement he came out of retirement because of this whole situation we're talking about today but before he was a judge the first time as an undercover agent he actually traded two cocaine twenty dollar cocaine uh crack vials for a girl oh my goodness and oh. that was his motivation to say we got to get a fix on this he tr he literally traded Forty dollars worth of drugs for a young girl. That's just that's that's heartbreaking, and and we don't even. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's going to be absolutely. people. There are going to be people, kids that grow up thinking this is what life is. I know being trafficked is normal for them. That's what they're going to. They're, they're going to become adults, and they're going to look around. And they're going to have a conversation. If they live that long, they're going to have a conversation with somebody and realize that, oh, you didn't have to do that when you were 13. And then it will hit them, but it's going to plague them unless they get real help. It's going to plague them the rest of their lives. The rest of their lives until they die, this will plague them. The, and I, I, 
the, the saddest part for me was that you're you're spot on, and there are 15 young young girls that have been raped multiple times before they cross the border. Who knows what happens to them after they get across the border? And Melissa, you have to believe that they just think that's the way it is. They do. That's their life. And they think, well, at least it'll be better coming to America. Mm-hmm. You, you know, maybe it'll be better rapes over there. I don't know. Isn't that, isn't that awful? I, I, it it's is. just so sad to think about that. And because we don't want to carry any of this conversation in the second half of a Thanksgiving Day <laughs> conversation today with Melissa Hart, I will just close by saying, and I got a news blurb this morning from South Africa. Violent crime is up by 16% in South Africa this year. And now they are saying that 79 people a day in a population of 60 million are dying at homicide. Crime rates globally are off the charts. And who's talking about that? No, we're not. Melissa Hart and I are. We were. Second half. All Thanksgiving gratitude and uh, be thankful is what we'll talk about when we get back with more after this. If you didn't miss the Tuesday opportunity at Protect the Harvest, uh, you, uh, just go to the website. Never miss an opportunity at Protect the Harvest. If you go there every single day, I'm getting better at getting the videos up. It's about a free and fed America, protecttheharvest.com. Welcome back. Rural Route, Trent Luce alongside Melissa Hart. How come you don't, you don't have to wait till Thanksgiving, you know? We do it every day. You, you have, can be on. You can be on whenever. You have scheduled guests. Every single I'll bump day. them. I, I'll bump them for you. There's when is there an opportunity for me to even join Any in the day. conversation? Every Friday. You don't know I, how many. Every Friday. I, I'm going to start requesting because there's been many times when I'm like, I'm get on that show and I need to say something. <laughs> so yeah, you don't. I just figured if you wanted my perspective, you'd ask for it. You know. That right? is the most foolish thing you've ever said to me. And when did Melissa Hart ever wait for somebody to say, Melissa, what do you think? Nobody, because I write a weekly opinion column every every yeah. week in a newspaper. Exactly. <laughs> hey, what's it's your year been new. like traveling to all these dairy events? It has been crazy busy. It's been a lot of fun, though. Um, you know, you just, you pack. You get in the car, you drive, and you think, oh, my goodness. And then you walk into the building, you smell the shavings, and you're like, okay, this is home. Mm-hmm. And you see the same people. I told the, you know, there are fitters at every one of these shows, the same ones. So we just go from show to show to show to see each other. And I said, you know, we all ought to have just like a traveling, like, motor home where we all just go from show to show together because clearly that's what we're doing. We're yeah. all at the same show. It's like, and so, and we, it's so, that's a lot of fun. And um, it, it's a, it's just pure joy to be able to go and cover these events and bring pictures to people at home that don't get to be there. Um, it's wearing, it's, it's hot in the summertime, you know, and some places there's, you know, your sweat stripping down your back and that's no fun, but it is, it's a lot of fun. I have people say, you have the coolest job. And I'm like, yep, I do. I really do. I have the coolest job. Plus, I get to write about it then. In uh, fact, I had somebody stop me the other day, locally stop me the other day and say, I can't wait for your column to come out so I can see, so I can go to the places that you're going. Live, you know, all live these vicariously far- through you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. when you're a dairy farmer, and he was a dairy farmer, 
And when you're a dairy farmer, you don't get to go very many places, especially if you milk your own cows like he does. And so when I go to dairy farms all over the country, if I, you know, go in for herd visits, I will come home and write about that particular dairy farm. And I'm not necessarily talking about every cow or, right. you know, like some people would want to talk about the genetics of the cow. They, they just want to know what was it like in there? What did it feel like in there? What was the air quality? What, you know, did they use mattresses? What, you know, they just want to know what it's like. And so that's what I try to come home and write about. Did you ever write a story about my buddy Ray Brown in England? I never have. You should. I well, believe that means- his Holstein genetics are populated throughout your travels pretty widely. Uh, and what he's doing is so innovative. It just, it would be a nice story for you, even though it's not in Ohio. Hey, don't knock my Ohio peeps. You I seem to Ohio. go to Ohio a lot, by the way. <laughs> I do. Well, okay. So because I, part of my job is that I produce the Ohio Holstein News magazine. Okay. Well, there, Michigan, that would be the reason. Yeah. The New York Holstein News Magazine, which is mm-hmm. why I go to New York a lot, go in there in a couple of weeks, and the Michigan Dairy Cattle News. So I have to go to all those spots and talk to all those people. And, you know, I feel like I have like a lot of extended family. That is, I, that is so much fun. You and I share that. Because, yeah. of, because of my travels and. 48 states yeah. and four continents. I have family all around the world that I can call yeah, yeah. up in a minute's notice and they'll drop everything to come help whatever I need. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that happened not too long ago. My daughter was going to South Carolina state fair to cover that show. And she was going with another friend, both of them named Sarah's. They were Sarah. My Sarah lives in Goshen, Indiana. Sarah Thomas lives in Columbus, Ohio, going to Ohio State University, but she's from North Carolina. So when they got stuck in West Virginia, uh, they start. So I called the show ahead. I called the people in Columbia and they said, "Okay, uh, you can call this person, this person, this person, this person, and they'll come rescue them. Or do you want us to come up there and take care of it and get them? Or, you know, so there's all of those offers. And then the little gal that was with her who lived in North Carolina, but went to Virginia tech called the Virginia. Wait a minute. Virginia I got to draw a roadmap. I got to, I know. Right. Going. I know. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It is crazy. So she called her friend. First of all, she called her friends from Virginia tech. Well, there was some big football game that weekend. It was a Friday night and everybody was gone. So, so then she called her judging team coach. Of course you call your judging team coach, Dr. Catherine uh, Knowlton. And she came and, um, well, she actually sent a student to go get them. And then they went to her house. She fed them soup. And then she let them take her Mercedes on to North Car- or South Carolina wow. to get to the show. I know, cover the show. And then, oh, it was such a mess. But I say all that to say, yes, so many people in every parts of the country, all parts of the country that will come to rescue you and take care of you. Even if it's your kid, it's like, oh, so, you know, I, I actually have a, a new birth in all of that because I've often bragged about what we just talked about. I can break mm-hmm. down with a pickup anywhere in this country within 100 miles. Somebody I know will come and help me no matter what state I'm in. And I also mm-hmm. added, I use that privilege a little too much. I've now <laughs> had a couple people call me 
because their kid was broke down somewhere. <laughs> and they said, Trent, I, I know this isn't your deal, but I know you know somebody everywhere. Yeah. I got a kid, I got a kid broke down in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Who do you know around yeah. there? <laughs> exactly. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's the community it's a we world. live in. It is. That's it what really we're thankful is. for on Thanksgiving at, week, 2022. I was I was just gonna say that is what we're thankful for. I love that. I, I I just love that aspect about our industry. And I'm sure other industries are the same way, but it just feels like ours is just special that way. So, yeah. So you and I, back in the day, have had more discussions about Christianity. And and we were talking about it back when nobody would talk about it on, in public. And if, mm-hmm. I remember emails that I would get and like, thank you for talking about Jesus. Nobody talks about Jesus. What's your assessment of what's going on today as it involves Jesus? I think this is exact this is exactly what he predicted would happen. Mm, absolutely. It's gonna it's gonna get worse before it gets better. And that's what he wrote about in, in the Bible. So while it disturbs me greatly, um and I think, Lord, why am I alive during this time? I just wanna just come, just come. <laughs> Come right now. We're ready to go. Um, he put us here for such a time as this, uh, just like he did with Esther, with Queen Esther. Um, he put her there for such a time as this to be the hero of that day. And not that we're heroes, but we were made. We were made for this day. We were made to. We're, we're made to be disciples. Have, yeah. And we were no, but we were made specifically for this time span. We are the ones that are here for this. And, you know, we talk about, which leads me to think about the millennials, the Gen Z, and we think, oh, my world, this this place is going to get nothing but worse. No. Right. That if we if we are to think that, then we are to think that God has absolutely no control over what the next generation is going to bring. Nope. God has control over that. He has, he has put those people at that age and that technology with all the nonsense that we've got going on. He has put those people and he will raise them up for this generation to bring revival to this country and to this world. He was, he's done that. He will do that. He's always done that. He's always had people in specific generations to do specific things. All we have to do is trust him and obey him, which is all we have to do is <laughs> a lot, but that. But when we have, when we lose heart, when we, when we lose hope and, and we think that the, everything is falling down around our shoulders, it's not our responsibility. It's God's. We just have to look to him and say, okay, what do you want me to do today? What's my role today? Who am I going to meet? What do you want me to say? How would you like me to spread the good news? Because the gospel changes everything. Melissa, I'm perplexed by the number of people that I meet that that say they're Christians, that think they're Christians, but are living in a state of frenzy and fear in today's world. And I'm like, that that doesn't work. You're supposed to fear well, God only and do what you can every day to make a difference. But you, why are you living in fear? It's going well, to, what happens going to happen. A lot of this is we, we have a free will. And in that free will is watching 
nonsense on TV, which you don't watch anymore. I so know. you're, you know, you, you don't have that, but when you allow that stuff to permeate your mind, it changes things and it mm -hmm. changes everything inside of you. It changes, it, it changes your fear level. It raises it up. And so when, when you consume all of that junk, that's, what's going to come out. And so that's, that's why people are fearful. They, they don't think about it critically that, you know, we talk about critical thinking. It's like a lost art because, and I think people later on in life will figure out, yeah, I need to be thinking that way. I wasn't taught that, but now I can change. Um, but also if you're, if you're not spending work, time in God's word, it, it is our food. It is our food. It's like, it's, it's our spiritual food that we should be eating every single day. Just like if we aren't eating food every day, physical food, if we're not eating breakfast and we're not drinking water or anything like that, our bodies will waste away. Same exact thing with our spiritual food. When you don't consume God's word every day, you're starving yourself. I mean, and it is it because I've been there. There have been times in my life where I've just not made time for God and just kind of pushed it aside and just looked at the Bible and walked past and didn't decide to get into his word. It, when you finally go back, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like such, it's like Thanksgiving morning, you know, like, or Thanksgiving afternoon when you smell that turkey and you start to eat it and it feels so good going down or a cold drink of water when you've been parched out in the desert. That's what that's like. And that's what it's meant to be. You spend a lot of time in the desert. Roll route, Melissa no, Hart. We'll be back with more Desert Talk 101. How fitting that we talk about paying honor to the veterans of the nation when Melissa herself is the mother of a veteran. Uh, we need to get him on the air, actually. But the Wall of Honor, I'm going to be back in North Dakota next week on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And uh, no doubt we're going to do some stuff talking about how we pay tribute and say thank you to the men and women. The Wall of Honor is a great way to get that done. We need it in every public establishment. Most importantly, we need it because we just want the men and women to know we appreciate eternally what it is they've done for us. It is about freedom, and it isn't far off of the, the discussion about our freedom of a lifetime and eternity. TheWallOfHonor.org to get full details. Welcome back. Brawl route, Trent Lewis alongside Melissa Hartner, Whiskey Barrel. It's my trash We're, can. I'm really getting into whiskey <laughs> barrels. There's there's just so much. The older I get, the more sentimental and uh, nostalgic I am about tradition. Do you know how much tradition there is in whiskey barrels in the United States? Well, okay. So I toured the Jack Daniels That's uh, distillery. A good start. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I learned a lot about those there which was a really cool. I think oak tree only used once and then has to be sold. Yeah. So much. Well, the other thing is um, when they talked about when, when they age it, you know, they put the barrels, they stack them, you know, levels and the higher the level because of the atmosphere in the building, the better the whiskey, which is why we have top high, shelf. You know, top, yeah. Top shelf whiskey, because that whiskey up there is better than the stuff down on the floor. Mm -hmm. yeah. I never knew that. It was great stuff. It yeah. was a really cool learning experience. It is. And it's such so, a, a yeah. vital part of the agricultural sector. We don't think about that. No, we don't. No, we don't. And, and I'm glad we have it. Yeah. 
And whiskey in moderation is a wonderful thing. Nothing mm -hmm. biblically wrong with it. Nothing wrong nope. with it, period. Just moderation is the key in all things, Melissa Hart. At, we toured that place. It, it was about 1130. And honestly, when we got done with that tour, I would, I wanted to drink a whiskey so bad. And I don't even drink. <laughs> I was just like, I got to have some whiskey. <laughs> it's good. I mean, you smell it. You watch it. You watch how it's made. And you're like, I got to have some of this stuff. So yeah. it was really cool. Yeah. You know, did you learn the history of Jack Daniels himself? Yes. Well, yeah, we did. Now, do I remember it all? No. I so like, did a he little was, uh, uh, don't, don't hold me to this, but like the ninth or 10th child in his family and the family couldn't afford another kid. So his Lutheran minister took him in at the age of 11. And this kid, then uh, the minister was actually a Lutheran minister. Plus he was a whiskey maker. And the church literally came to the minister who had taken in Jack Daniels as an orphan kid, basically, and said, you can't be a man of the clergy and be a whiskey maker. You got to be one or the other. So at the ripe old age of like 14, Jack Daniels started making whiskey. That's that's funny, uh, because my husband's grandfather was a Baptist preacher and he also made moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. He's a Georgia boy, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. he is. And Absolutely. he always wondered why his grand, and he would go with him sometimes when he would make the deliveries, only he didn't know what it was happening. And he always wondered why his grandpa always had really big engine, big cars with big engines, like four fifties in them. And he would just like fly everywhere they went. <laughs> Now he knows why. He's a moonshiner. But it never, yeah, it never made sense to him when he was a kid. He's just like, I don't know, I'm just here yeah. for the ride. I got a, I got a buddy. I, I think I'm, because I don't, I'm not doing enough. I'm thinking about starting a little uh, bourbon show. There's a lot of misnomers about whiskey, and the bourbon culture is really cool. So, and I got a bourbon aficionado in the state of Nebraska. Well, now. So next year, the National Holstein Convention is going to be held in Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. And they're going to go no cow tours, all bourbon tour. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah that bourbon so that, trail is awesome. Yeah. So they're going to do that instead. I think that'd be fun. I found a new Kentucky bourbon that is really nice and affordable because I'm frugal. Okay. What kind is it? Well, I can't tell you or there'll be a run on it and then I'll, I won't be able to get it. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. We'll just keep guessing. But the Nebraska pork producers just had a, a bacon, bourbon, and brews event. And Kelly and I went. It was fantastic. It was awesome. I mean, they had it, bacon you, to anything. Right? They did. They did. They literally <laughs> did. They had bacon. Yeah. On, we had five courses, and every course had bacon. Oh, that sounds wonderful. What are your food plans I have bacon for Thanksgiving? Every day. I do too. Yeah, bacon and eggs every morning. Um, food plans. What do you mean food plans for, for Thanksgiving? It's just all of the stuff like turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and gravy and cranberry relish and green bean casserole that I've never made before because I don't. I always forget the green bean casserole. I always, I always. Oh, that's right. We're supposed to have that and nobody misses it. But I'm going to try to make it tomorrow. Macaroni and cheese made by my daughter-in-law. I have a daughter-in-law now. Oh, it's, it's less than a month old that 
that marriage. Anyway, um, and then um, rolls, homemade rolls, which is what everybody comes for is because they love the rolls. And uh, I'll make some sweet rolls tomorrow morning too, so that everybody has something that, you know, let's eat sweet rolls before we have the dinner. And then we'll have pumpkin pie, apple pie, lemon meringue pie, and chocolate pie. Wow. And, and the cream pies are going to be made with home from scratch, homemade cream pies from scratch. Thanksgiving is just a tough time for the keto enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. And you know, that's funny because lately I've been trying to manage things a little bit better than normal. And uh-huh. so I have a, I have a coach and she just messaged me this morning and she said, don't even bother tracking tomorrow. Just, yeah. You know, I mean, take uh, a walk. <laughs> so, <laughs> I realize yeah. it's going to take like two weeks to get your whole metabolism thing back that you built through minimizing carbohydrate consumption. I'm not a keto fan. I understand and appreciate what they're doing, but it's just about minimizing carbohydrates. That's the moral of the story. And exercising. That too. And you, sh- and you should have protein with carbs. You, you should. You shouldn't be locking out carbs. Carbs are not, carbs are not the devil. No, exactly. So you should have you should have carbs and protein all at the same time. That's just the balance. What time you know what should I, mean? I be there tomorrow? Two thirty. Okay, that's a set time every year. Well, last year I said two. My bird wasn't quite done, so this year I'm gauging it for two. But I told everybody else two thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give myself a little balancing act there. And I when do you start the bird? Uh, I don't know. Bobby asked me that this morning. He brought my bird home last night. He It's a fresh turkey from the Amish. He brought it home last night. And so he, he asked me this morning, when when are you going to put that in? I'm like, you know what? I don't know. Probably 9, 10. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got a brine. It's going to be in the brine here. I'm, when, as soon as we get done, I'm going to put it in the brine. And well, you're going to insult hours. the Amish if you brine it. Like, we raise good birds. Why you got to brine it? I don't know. I I don't care. <laughs> it's just good when we brine it. You know, I look, bought it. It's my look, bird now. <laughs> you say I'm intrigued that you have an, an abundance of eggs. I'm not sure you're real up to speed on what's going on with that, but I'm not arguing with you. What, what's going on with the turkeys in the retail outlets? Do you have a feel on that? I realize you got one from a local farm, but still. They just went on sale in the store yesterday, so they're trying to get rid of them. So How much are a, they on sale? Ninety-eight cents. They were yeah. one ninety-eight. Yeah. So. See, this past week I've done quite a bit on that, Melissa, because Farm Bureau is reporting that twenty percent increase in that Thanksgiving meal this year over last year, thirty-six percent over two years ago. But turkeys continue to be a lost leader, and I had Carl Wittenberg on this week on Trend on the Loose yesterday, in fact talking about how some retail outlets will give you a turkey to come in and shop. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. crazy. It doesn't benefit it anybody. Is. But milk yeah. is also at the hands of that problem from time to time. Always has been. Yeah. Yeah. And yet I'm still seeing, like you're seeing eggs, or you're, you're saying that there are eggs shortages someplace. Other people are finding that there's no milk in their cooler. I just can't figure that out. That's... There's that's unacceptable. I don't understand that. There should be plenty of milk out there. So there is plenty of milk out there. Yeah, it's a matter of where it's at. Yeah. 
ridiculous. We have, th- we have three minutes left. I do need to ask you, what's the general attitude? Recognize the, the circle of dairymen that you're typically in are dairymen who are working on genetics along with their milk production. But what's the overall attitude? What, what are people thinking? Uh, it's been very positive. It's been, you know, milk is in the 20s. So they're, you know, they've been very positive. I sell advertising, you know, obviously. So that, that will up and go up and down with the price of milk. And the last year it's been, it's been very good. People are more likely to buy advertising. It's less, I have not heard, oh, I can't afford it. I have not heard that excuse. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. So uh, people are, they're enthusiastic. I, I'm hearing a lot of enthusiasm. In fact, you know, gatherings are enthusiastic. Um, they're just overall, it's not the down in the dumps, you know, normal that we've got used to for a while. So, which is nice. It's refreshing. Uh, with that said, I've had six dairymen who I've known for quite some time that in the last three months have sent me a note and said, I'm done fighting it. I'm done. Well, there, well, there's a lot of dispersals. I'm not saying there's not a lot of people that have just sold out. There's mm-hmm. a lot of that happening. But um, the ones that have the a large amount of cattle are pretty enthusiastic. For dairymen. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Right. There's a that's a relative term, you know. But uh no, I'm not I'm not saying it's not hard for a lot of people because I'm sure it is for still for a lot of people. Because those down years, when you're when you're fighting in those years, when you just can't even pay your bills, it it takes more than a couple of years of good prices to bounce back. And sometimes you never do. And so, and a lot of them, you know, the price, the average price of um, cattle right now is seventeen fifty. So, you know, that's helping a lot of people. They're getting out when the price is good, which I don't blame them either. You know, there's a lot of people that are just retiring and they're doing it now because. They know yeah. that the price of cattle is good. So, you know, that's a whole nother show and you'll have to come back one day soon. But at some point in time, if you don't retain heifers, you don't have a cow herd. This is true. And I'm putting that into context of if you don't bring the next generation back to the farm, you don't have a farm. That's true. Yeah, so, that is very true. Melissa well, Hart, it's been a pleasure and you're not going to wait a year. I can't handle 52 weeks without you. Well, I'm just going to start buttoning in and telling you. I'm going to start Thank texting you. you. It's about time. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Thank you much. JC Cole, Amanda Radke on Friday. But most importantly, have a very grateful Thursday. And don't forget to ask a blessing. Say a prayer. Both Melissa Hart and myself remind you that all roads do lead to a little rough. All of these things that we're grateful for and thankful for, I'm grateful that we discovered coal because thanks to coal, we have the ability to generate electricity with a reliable, regular basis. It's affordable and it's abundant, despite what they want you to believe. Talk about the benefit to the environment. Go to lignite.com for full details. Life powered by coal.